And welcome to Lester the Nightfly. This is your host, PJ Ewing. We have a part two of a two-part series with Rebecca Kidney, an opera singer from New York City. But fear not, you do not need to listen to the first episode to get a lot out of this one. We continue the conversation with Rebecca about her career, about music, some classical music, some fun music, some pop music, and we will start our conversation with a song by David Bowie. This is called Moon Age Daydream. Let's hear it, and we'll get back to my interview with opera singer Rebecca Kidney. I'm an alligator. I'm a mama papa coming for you. I'm a space invader. I'll be a rock and rolling bitch for you. Keep your mouth shut. Just walk like a big monkey bird. You are listening to Lester the Nightfly. It's PJ Ewing, but more important, it's Rebecca Kidney. She's a winner. She's just won a competition in New York, the Julio Gari Foundation Vocal Competition, uh, a very esteemed uh, competition with really intense competitors. I sat through 30 on that finals day, and they, I, I, I mean, they all could have won. It was, it was amazing, the 30 singers. Yeah, that were whittled down to nine, and you were in that 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 group. So cool, Moon Age Daydream. This is uh, David Bowie. It's uh, Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust uh, from 1972. Again, um, I, I might have said it earlier, and I'll just say it right now. Your taste is exquisite. Ah, thank you. you are picking songs from little gems from all over the place, and it's really you really took me seriously. You picked from every form of music. I don't, I never saw Ziggy Stardust. I, I don't know this, but I will say in the reading I did, it's sort of considered a rock opera a little bit. Um, but what can you tell us about, about this one? Well, Ziggy Stardust is a alter ego of, of David Bowie, and he is a bisexual androgynous alien who has come to earth to save it. And, uh, 
I just, I mean, I love that image in general that our savior is a bisexual androgynous alien because who knows, you know? Uh, and also, um, I, are you familiar with the David Bowie theory of 2016? I am not. Tell us. I'm not counting this as uh, That's okay. Fact. I want to hear it. <laughs> but there's this, this theory that when David Bowie died in January of 2016, that that was actually the end of the world. Because since then, it's just been, you know, thing after thing after thing. Oh, that's so funny. So we're living through the, the end of the world, which actually ended with David Bowie. That's fun. <laughs> And you think about it, it starts to explain a lot, right? Sure does, sure does. But I also, I love, um, I love rock music, uh, especially of this time of the early 70s, that again, tells a story. Any any music that is there to tell a story is, I'm a big fan of. And this was a, a big influence for Rocky Horror Picture Show, and, which I'm also a huge fan of. And um, yeah, at that time, there was a lot of rock kind of, ballads that could be turned into operas or rock operas as well well that i really do want to see it i mean i feel a little um embarrassed that i haven't seen ziggy stardust that's uh yeah if you're gonna do radio you gotta check that box i think <laughs> so so di valcure wait a minute before i start to pretend i, I could say these words correctly you your accent is right on are, do you speak german are you oh i'm learning german okay um ich fahre the uh, Deutschland im Herbst. I'm, I'm going to Germany in the fall. I don't know if I said that right. I'm, try I'm, I'm learning German. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Oh, so wait a minute. Is this just a, an interest in German German culture, or is this related to your career in any way? Uh, both. I am going there uh, to network and coach and audition and sing around i've got i've got a bunch of friends who are there so i've got different cities to go to and i've never been i've been to europe in different places but i've never been to germany or austria uh so i'm heading out and seeing seeing the sights for a bit do you like soccer oh i suppose yeah because you're going to europe right before the world cup the energy, the, the passion, the insanity is in Germany. And of course, they're always great in the World Cup. They're just a big contender. And there you're going to be a month and a half before the Thanksgiving start of the World Cup. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Cause, well, I'm, I'm coming back in November, so I will be there for part of it. And I'll be there right at the end of Oktoberfest, too. So I'm going to at all the festivals. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's going to be ridiculous. Um, if they can fit you onto the plane after all that... Uh, <laughs> All that food and drink, my God. No, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it's like a bacchanalia. You go to one of those, you know, beer gardens and you walk out six hours later, you don't know what happened. I mean, oh, no. <laughs> my daughter went to Germany and spent a lot of time there. I was learning German uh, and she, um, a veget she went over a vegetarian. She came back like full on meat eater. Oh. <laughs> we are each <leave> a worst. <laughs> right. So we have Valkure. We have uh, two pieces that really go together. Um, this is the big, uh, the big, uh, the moment, the one that we know from movies and, and a culture where the hoya to hoya, the high notes. What, what do you want to say about these beautiful pieces before we hear them? So this is the act two entrance of the gods. This is we act one takes it takes place uh, on Earth dealing with mortals. And now for act two, we are 
uh, back on Valhalla, the God Mountain, and uh, we hear Wotan and his favorite daughter, Brunhilde. It is her entrance into the ring cycle. This is the first time that you hear the Valkyrie theme. here with Rebecca Kidney. We just heard some Wagner. What have we been doing? We're all over the place. We've got David Bowie and Richard Wagner. This is fun. Uh, Rebecca, what's going on here with this, this Valkyrie, this crazy lady, Brunhilde? Well, let me preface this by saying I wrote a one-woman show uh, called Rita Libretto is the Ring Cycle. And I do a character named Rita Libretto. And I explain the Ring Cycle with sock puppets as if explaining it to children. Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) 
I, I'm still trying to digest all that. I Sounds know. amazing. <laughs> Let me also preface it by saying that it is not an appropriate story for children and Rita Loretto kind of doesn't get that. What has happened in the first act of Die Valkyrie, the two children of Wotan, the two mortal children of Wotan, uh, have met. They were separated when they were very young, and now they've re-met their twins, Sieglinde and Siegmund. And they, they are not only uh, realize that they're brother and sister, but they're also very much in love. And so then they go and make babies all through the springtime. So then Votan is starting act two and he's like, oh my God, what are my kids doing? He knows that Sieglinde's husband is going to kill Siegmund in the morning. So he wants Brunhilde to go to earth to help Siegmund because it's his son and he wants to protect him. So that's what this part is about. Then his wife comes in and she's all mad because she thinks it's gross that they're committing adultery. She's mad about the adultery, not the incest. And so she tries to get Brunhilde back in to have her protect Hundig instead of Zygmunt. Yes, it's confusing, but I do it furiously fast with sock puppets that I made myself. They're making some bad decisions as parents. <laughs> oh, there's there's many bad decisions made, in, in, yeah. but it gives us this beautiful 24 hours of music in four operas. Have you seen the full ring cycle? I have, well, not in one weekend. I would love to go to like Bayreuth and do the whole festival, but I saw it uh, the last time that they did at the Met. I, I saw them. Oh, uh, we did too. We did it over the course of, I think, six days or seven days, something mm -hmm. like that. And uh, we, we were there, I remember, one in the morning at the fountain in front of the Met, and it was like seven or eight of us. And, you know, 18 hours or whatever the heck it was, 19, whatever. And um, we had people that were not into the opera at all, that, that you know, this was their first thing. And, and we all said, turn it on, start it over right now. We'll, we'll, we'll just, just let's go right now. We're ready to start all over again. And I mean, we just, we were on such a high. I'll never forget that feeling. If we're talking about opera is the greatest art form, which it is, everyone, maybe the greatest thing in opera is the ring cycle. Would you challenge me on that? Or do you think I'm right? On I would never deny that that the ring cycle is not an incredible piece of work. I, so I'll just, I'll agree. I can't, I can't, I mean, like I said, there's, there's different operas for different moods, you know? You said it earlier and I uh, applause to you. The new operas, the modern operas, the new attempts, it's a great art form. And yes, an opera company can just do the classics. Sure, sure. I mean, there, there's an unlimited number of operas that have yet to be ever staged, you know, that we could be exploring. But that ignores the work that's being done now. John Adams and um, obviously Philip Glass. And there, there's so much uh, going on in the jazz meets opera world that we're going to see with Terrence Blanchard's work. So, you know, the fact that the Met is willing to go down these paths, A+. plus Is the Metropolitan Opera the most respected of all the opera companies in the world? Is, is there a, a hierarchy in opera? 
I wouldn't say in the world. I mean, there's definitely older, older opera companies in Europe. One thing that I love in, in Europe and in America is small opera companies uh, because there's there's things that the Met just can't do because it's too big. It's it's too big of a house. It wouldn't little nuances wouldn't read uh, even even really popular works some smaller newer operas don't read super well in at the Met stage because it's huge there's a lot of small opera companies that do really fantastic work and seldomly performed work because of that because they have you know if you are put into a box and you can only do something for this space you think outside of that box and you then get more creative with it so I'm getting schooled and I'm glad about that because I like the bombastic, there's no better company, it's New York. But you're so right. And it's the subtlety of the point that is important. Yes, the Met's great. Of course, we all know that. Da, 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 da. But the, the little stuff, the intimate, the made for a small orchestra where we really want to hear the voice. And there's also just the fact that the house is so big in the Met that there are places where you can't hear as well or that you're going to be distracted by this scale. I really love your point. Uh, because I'm a bit of a blunt instrument on this and I, I love the subtlety because um, you're right. And I don't see a lot of small opera and that's my own failing. I need to, I need to get out a little bit more. <laughs> well, I'll invite you. Please, please do. Tell, yeah. tell me at the very least, PJ, go there. PJ, go there. <laughs> there are, I believe, giants in the Di Valcure. There are giants. Uh, what's their name? Fafner, Fafner. and Right. And Fafner comes back as a dragon later on. Right. Of course. Just to make changes. Of course. Yeah. That's what you do if you're a giant. You'd... Yeah. Uh, and then yet yeah, there's a song, We Battle Giants by Bandits on the... Bandits on the Run. The Bandits on the Run. We Battle Giants. This is an amazing song from 2021. Has nothing to do with Wagner. Let's listen to it. And then Rebecca is going to try to explain herself as to why we're listening to this in, in conjunction with all this other music. You're adventurous and curious and wonder what the top of every mountain looks like. I follow you to great heights And we could hang out anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. But you wanna hang out up there So I follow you If you move, I'm 
my favorite thing to do. It's a great song. I've listened to this a bunch of times. I never ever would have heard of this band, Bandits on the Run, 2021. It's just a single, though. There's no album, I don't believe, around it yet. Uh, no, yeah, they, they've come out with a couple of different singles recently, and they have, they have a couple of other albums as well. Um, yeah, Bandits on the Run are a trio band in New York City. They're having a good rise. I think they're going to be really, uh, really awesome. I'm, I'm been a fan of them for uh, a bit now. I did a play with Regina Strayhorn, who um, plays Clarissa. They all have they all have bandit names. Uh, Bonanza, Jellyfish, Clarissa, and Roy Dodger are their band names. Um, so, and they they use interesting instruments. You know, they've got a, a classical cellist. Um, Sydney Shepard plays cello for them, and um, they have accordion, and they they use a drum kit. They use other types of percussion guitar i just think they're they're a cool band i think they're they're gonna blow up so wanted to include them. super great i'm so I, I was wondering if you knew them it, it's a real find and i i would truly say you know not my taste nice try i really really like the song honestly oh, no no truly it would, it's very catchy super fun i listened to it a mul- multiple times and great call so well uh, well done to your friends that's that's really cool um, we're going to return to classical music. We're going to Richard Strauss. Uh, I had to do a lot of work to figure this out a little bit. This is fascinating. This is a, a selection I don't know. It's a leader piece. It's sung by Jesse Norman, who I'm well aware of, a wonderful singer. It's a recording from 1983. It's from Strauss's Four Last Songs, which is unbelievably touching in that he was about to die. And this was music about calm and peace and death. This is um, for the Fearless Delita by Schlafengehen, which means falling asleep or going to bed. Sorry, going to bed. Uh, and Jesse Norman, like you said, who is a absolute American treasure. She uh, rest in peace. She died. Uh, if I remember it, September 30th, 2019. I listened to this song on repeat. I think she because I was thinking, OK, she just went to bed. You know, it 
she was such a beautiful interpreter of German leader. She understands that Strauss, he wrote beautifully for the voice, but he wrote the voice as an instrument within the orchestra. When I sing Strauss, I try to sing in that, in that regard because there are times, especially if you, I don't know if you've ever seen Electra as well, um, where the voice is not supposed to be the loudest thing happening. Um, the voice is not supposed to be even the principal instrument within the orchestra at times. And the way that she carries the, the melody from the violin to the voice to back and forth, uh, she plays within the orchestra so beautifully well in this recording. I, it's one of my favorites.
So this is one of the four last songs by Richard Strauss. Jesse Norman is the soprano. That's recorded in 1983. One of the great singers of all time. Do you know of uh, Leos Janacek much? Do you ever listen to him? I do. I do. I did um, Yenufa with uh, Des Moines Metro Opera. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, that was actually very close to making the list. Uh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well done, you. saw in Covent Garden Cunning Little Vixen when I was like 21 and I've seen uh, a bunch of his operas in, including Yanufa and it, when, when you were speaking about voice and instrumentation it brought Janacek to me because his giant orchestra and and the, where the voice is part of the whole and he you know I, I just I love that 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 like there, you can hear a sunrise or a sunset in the music there are moments where we're just listening we're just is sonically lost in his melodies in an opera where you'd be think you'd think that stuff's supposed to be going on and yet we're just kind of musing and dreaming for a while uh, one of my absolute favorite composers of all time and and he, he, you reminded me of him when you were describing what was going on here oh yes he's he's great and he was he was very specific about what he wanted he would change i think he would change things up like even after the premieres he would change things because he was always hearing it differently and he he was another one that was so when when he does something that's very nuanced you know it was it was meant to be that way yeah Oh, so cool. I remember when when I was reading about Cunning Little Vixen, which I, I to the second love, and it, again, it's pantheism, it's nature. Uh, he he would come back, I read it somewhere, he would come come in from the woods in the morning, having been out all night, you know, with fire in his eyes, you know, you don't know what you're missing, the sounds, the things that are going on out there. And he was trying to absorb that to write that opera uh, about a, a fox and other characters and crickets and stuff but yeah, i did a scene of that i was the one of the chickens <laughs> oh you're kidding is that right and i had to go like really like over and over again <laughs>
All right, so we're we're in our home stretch here. This is Tom Waits now, and it's uh, Tom Troop Traubert's Blues, Four Sheets to the Wind. I did a lot of exploration on what this means and, and about him, but we should just listen to it. Let's listen to this song from 1973 uh, from a very successful record, Small Change. This is a big deal. This is sort of the coming out party for this artist, Tom Waits. Let's listen to it right here on Lester the Nightfly. Sing Matilda with me 
This is PJ. We're here with Rebecca. Rebecca, you're uh, bringing us delights. I, of course, know of Tom Waits, but I'm not a fan in that I just don't know enough about him. I did do some exploration as I was preparing for the show. Uh, there's, And I'll put this on the blog. The blog is going to be at LesterTheNightfly.com. The recording of this show, you can listen to it over and over again. And you can also see some video resources and a, a write-up and some just some stuff that you'll want to visit. So visit LesterTheNightfly.com. And there you will see an hour and a half of David Letterman and Tom Waits. And it is so darn funny, you won't believe it. I mean, really funny. And even beyond that, there's another piece that I saw that... It, it was like a little stage play kind of thing. It's a 10-minute movie. It's Iggy Pop and Tom Waits meeting for coffee in a restaurant. And it, and they're scripted. They're, they're, they're saying, they're like, uh, where have oh, you been? Uh, and I was out on the highway, uh, you know, doing medical work. You're a doctor? Sure, I'm a doctor. Like, it's hysterically funny with Iggy Pop and Tom Waits. So, those videos will be on the blog page as well for you to digest. All that said, you talk, Rebecca. Why the Tom Waits song? And, and tell us what would you know about this? Yeah, my mother was is a big fan of Tom Waits. And I used to listen to him and just be so 
his voice used to make me like cringe, especially as a voice user. I just, oh my gosh, it used to be like nails on a chalkboard. And now I find it so endearing because it's part of his whole persona. It's part of his entire character that he's created. And um, just the, this song be about being alone in a foreign space and feeling like you want to start over again. Uh, the waltzing Matilda theme is, um, do you know what a waltzing Matilda is? I sh- I'm supposed to No, No, it's all right. Uh, it's, it's when you have like the stick with the bag on the back and you're like on your shoulder, that's, and you're like off on your new journey. Like a hobo, a hobo kind of image. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's um, called a waltzing Matilda. And it's oh, a, um, <clears throat> this way that, it, that he sings it with this melody is uh, Australian folk song. And the image of the waltzing Matilda is kind of wanting to begin again. And I also, I, it, as being a singer, I also am a tarot reader and the fool is the first tarot card. And it has a picture of that, this waltzing Matilda character being a fool about to walk off a cliff. And it's the image of stepping into something new, having a new beginning and having a new idea or attitude that you are just going to go with and run with. And I think him, I, I don't know if Tom Waits knows all of tarot and everything, but him using that image and a waltzing Matilda of, of kind of being as a catalyst to get out of this messed up place that he's in in Copenhagen re- has always spoke, like really spoke to me. So I included it in this list. I would not be surprised if Tom Waits knew all about the tarot world. He is an incredibly intelligent human being, extremely accomplished, uh, delightful as an interview, uh, as I could find out from that Letterman stuff. I mean, this is a, and, and gosh, you know, I feel a little bit sheepish. Everybody knows this, but PJ, nobody called me up and said, Tom Waits, PJ, you know, although I've heard the name and I've heard the voice. I don't think I paid proper attention, obviously, to, to this. So thanks for that, truly, because there's a whole world around Tom Waits that, you know, should you choose to accept it, right? This is a great adventure to go on. Mm-hmm. And he's still with us. He's still alive oh, yeah. and, and kicking yeah. and doing stuff. So um, it's not too late to kind of jump on board. Uh, David Letterman certainly did. All right. So we've got uh, to end our show, which is amazing, right? We kind of fast. It's, we've done so well. It's, uh, it's Franz Schubert. And I'm not going to say it. Please say the name of this. <laughs> but try. Just try. Okay. Frühlingstraum? There, very good. Is that okay? Frühlingstraum. Oh, see, there's a whole bunch going on at the beginning. <laughs> do, do, do it. Can you do it? Is it possible to do it slowly? Frühlingstraum. Yeah, there's that sound. It's so German. It's so wonderful. Frühlingstraum. Okay, say an E with U lips. Oh, e yeah e oh that's interesting that's neat Frühlingstraum such a cool word such a cool word <laughs> um it means spring dream mm. hey here's a word that I know how to say forget what I don't care about the song let's talk about German words Sprechstimme uh, <laughs> um, uh, 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 was that was that close Sprechstimme yeah Stimme 
Sehr okay. Gut. Ja. Sing speak, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I've re referred that to that word a lot when people are doing that kind of thing. Okay. Kind of what Tom Waits does. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, this is a wonderful singer, Jonas Kaufmann. Absolutely beautiful. I do have a little thing. I'm going to read to you and then you can, you can take us, take us home here. Um, this Frühlingstraum means a dream of spring. I'm reading. So uh, this is not coming from my brain. In the, the words, he dreams of springtime and love, but wakes to cold and darkness and the shrieking of ravens. He sees frost leaves painted on the window. When will they turn green? When will he again embrace his beloved? It's a song cycle, and I think it's called, is it Winterreis? Winterreise. Winterreise. Yeah. So, okay, that's the best I can do. Tell us what you know. The poetry is by Wilhelm Müller. Winterreise is... The entire song cycle is about somebody who is done with a relationship and kind of just wandering around through the winter, figuring out how to be without that previous relationship. And it's a, it's a song cycle that I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, it's usually performed by men, uh, or it used to only be performed by men. But I say screw that because women can do it too. This is right in the middle. This song happens right in the middle. And I really connect with it because it's that first moment where he wakes up and looks outside and starts to have a good day, but then remembers, oh yeah, I'm depressed. I'm not supposed to be having a good time. And I that I don't, that also resonates with me when you, if you're going through a breakup or you're having a bad time and you have moments of euphoria or moments where something so simple like frost on the window looks really pretty and you feel happy about that, but then you wake up and really remember, oh no, I'm, I'm not so happy today, you know? And so I just, I always liked um, also the way that Schubert writes for that. You can tell the happy parts and then you can tell the sad parts. It was written, uh, I believe, published in 1828. So just to put that in frame of reference, we're hearing something from a very long time ago. But before we hear it, one more thing, Rebecca, can you help us a little bit and me? Um, leader is song. The word leader yeah. is song. And yep. a song cycle that is intended for a soprano or a tenor or a bass to sing the entire cycle in performance. That's the idea. Yeah. And these were... Uh originally composed for small salon type concerts where people, you know, people in 1860s, they didn't have TVs in their homes and, you know, computers and things like that. So they would invite people over to sing through songs together. And so these leader, a lot of things that Schubert wrote were for that type of performance venue. They're, they're for piano and voice and uh, they're intimate uh, songs. And I love that. I, especially I do, I try to do um, song cycle or song recitals uh, often in people's homes and apartments in non-conventional theater spaces, because I think it's, they're beautiful songs and songs don't just need to be on the radio. You can have live music in your home. If you have a piano, why not? Phenomenal. I, I please keep us aware, keep me aware of what's going on in that performance. I know you're leaving us for a little while going to, to Europe and parts be points points north, points beyond, but I would really love to to see you oh, do that. Definitely. This is uh, beautiful music from Franz Schubert from long ago. Let's listen to the last song that we have on our show.
von bunten Blumen, so wie sie wohl blühen im Mai. Ich träumte von grünen Wiesen, von lustigem Vogelgeschrei, von lustigem Vogelgeschrei. Und als die Hähne kräten, da ward mein Auge wach. Da war es kalt und finster, es schrien die Raben vom Tag. Da war es kalt und finster, es schrien die Raben vom Tag. Doch an den Fenstern Scheiben wir malte die Blätter da, doch an den Fensterscheiben wir malte die Blätter da. Ihr lacht wohl über den Von Lieb um Liebe, von einer schönen Welt, von Herzen und von Küssen, von Wonne und Seligkeit, von Wonne und Seligkeit. Und als die Hähne kräten, da ward mein Herz wach. Sitze ich hier alleine und denke den Traumen nach. Nun sitze ich hier alleine und denke den Traumen nach. Die Augen schließe ich wieder noch schlägt das You have a, a Facebook page that's for the public, and you do Instagram. And you know, how do we track your career? Yeah, everything is my name uh, at Rebecca Kidney, R E B E C C A K I D N I E. And my website is RebeccaKidney.com. 
you can catch me there. I have a blog. I have my tarot readings. I have um, all news and updates and things of performing. So check me out. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. And uh, this has been really, really fun. Uh, honestly, you've, you've brought us just tremendous music. It's really going to be fun. And I, I can't wait. What you've really done is I think for me, certainly for me, and I hope for others, you've given us nuggets. Hey, I want to go down the Tom Waits path. Hey, I want to learn about leader. What was that Valkyrie thing? I want to understand what Wagner and the, the ring cycle is all about. I mean, you've given us, what's that cool band that's in the, the city? Band, band, what are they called? Band on the Run? No. Bandits on the Run. Bandits on the Run. Yeah. A nod to Paul McCartney. Yeah, Bandits on the Run. You've got all kinds of directions for us to take from this conversation. Um, so this has been really, really fun. Congratulations on, again on the win with the Julio Gari Foundation vocal competition. That's amazing. But um, you've got a lot of good stuff going on. So we're all going to be tracking your progress. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been a PJ DJ production. 